Hey folks, welcome back to the Black Widow Watch show with Dustin here on the Culture Jacked podcast. Where is Black Widow anyway? Why won't Disney Plus release Black Widow onto its service? No, of course, this isn't the Black Widow Watch podcast. This is the Friday show with Dustin here on the Culture Jack podcast. And today on the Friday show, we're going to be talking about my experience buying an Xbox Series X here in the frigid weather of Alaska. (laughs) But before we get into that, I do have some news bites and we're going to start off with, yes, congratulations. Today, uh, this week is launch week. On Tuesday, the Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S was released into the wild. And then on Thursday, the PlayStation 5 and then the digital edition of the PlayStation 5 was released into the wild. Now, both systems are selling like gangbusters. You can't find one to save your life, but they're out there. And if you really want one bad enough, uh, I hear there are some PlayStation 5s going on for about $1,600 on eBay. If you're that desperate, Uh, I wouldn't be personally. And please wait. Don't reward the scalpers for their bad behavior. We've had enough frustrations with them. But they launched this week and uh, starting with the the Series X on Tuesday, they had online availability and they also had uh, in in person shopping opportunities as well. And right after the release on the Internet, I'm sure you guys have seen it. But there were some some trolls trying to spread some misinformation about our much often maligned Xbox Series X. The first bit uh, included smoke coming out of the top of the Xbox Series X. And it turns out it was just it was it was kind of a troll from someone blowing their their vape uh, into the bottom of the Xbox Series X, uh, and it was it was so widely spread that Xbox felt the need, Microsoft felt the need to get online on their Twitter account and report that you should not be vaping into your new Xbox. I, it it's it's harmless fun, but I think, and this is just me speculating, but I think. There are people out there that are actually trying to undermine the 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 potential of this console, and and I can't I can't help but feel that they're ponies, they're PlayStation fanboys out there trying to to undermine and undercut the Series X success because we know though the PlayStation Four was the uh, no holds barred hands down winner of the last generation this next generation is going to go to xbots like myself i think maybe the, there was uh some pictures showing a ping pong ball floating above the xbox series x as well like hovering like the fan was so powerful on it it would float a ping pong ball but that too was debunked as it was found that the person who posted the original image of it had used a like a little wire that they'd rigged up in the top of the Xbox Series X. So no you can't float uh, ping pong balls though that would be really neat to do. It'd be it'd be kind of a fun parlor trick, party trick for your for your Xbox there. And then there's been um people stacking their GameCubes 
on top of the Xbox Series X because apparently the Series X at least is the same uh, width and length of a GameCube. And so they stack very nicely, which got me to wondering, is the Xbox Series X simply uh, two GameCubes in a trench coat trying to get into an adult, adult-rated movie? Is that what's going on here? Come clean with us, Microsoft. Tell us the truth. Is that what's going on? And if they are two GameCubes, well, does that mean we're getting another Mario Strikers? God, I love Mario Strikers. And it was on the GameCube, uh, Nintendo, if you're listening, and you're wondering what kind of game uh, should go on your, your Switch next. Well, let me be the first to say Mario Strikers. Bring back that game. I'd love to see it. So Phil Spencer... He chimed in on the launch day, and they said it was the most momentous uh, launch that they've had in Microsoft and Xbox history. And um, he believes, similarly to how we believe here at CultureJack, that the the next-gen war will not be a reflection of demand. It will be a reflection of supply, meaning these consoles are going to be hard to come by for a time. And you're not going to be able to find one on the shelf. And if you can't get a hold of that PlayStation 5 with the, the solid drive or the uh, the Xbox Series X, you'll grab a, a PlayStation 5 Digital Edition or you'll grab a Series S Edition. And that's his belief. Not you, Siri. <laughs> Series. Um, okay. No. No. <laughs> my phone came alive when I, and that's probably going to happen a lot uh, during this episode. Cause I'm going to say series a lot series, not Siri. Um, so he also said that he would refuse to declare a winner, um, and a loser of, uh, between the series and the PlayStation five. So I don't know if that'll be the case. I'm sure when inter- internal numbers come out and if, Microsoft was able to build and sell more units, they're going to let us know about it. They're not going to let that particular nugget go unearthed, at least I I don't think. Now, uh, PlayStation 5 was released um, by the time you're hearing this podcast yesterday, and um, they cited coronavirus and the pandemic as the reason that they're not selling it in... uh, in stores or at least not going to be able to have walk-ins and all of it's going to be online only. And those retailers that do have it available online, you can pick it up at the retailer, but you're not going to be able to go walk in the store. So apparently that was uh, equally the shit show that it was when pre-orders went online. I don't know what the answer is. I, I, I like the way that Microsoft did it, not just because I'm a fan of the console, but, because I think it does give an opportunity for regular Joes like myself and like Anthony to get one of these consoles without having to worry about it being swiped out from under us by someone who's just going to go on eBay and sell it for fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars Um, Sony, uh, also released a PlayStation five ultimate FAQ on their blog. And I, I was listening to giant Bombcast earlier this week. And so a lot of the information in this FAQ was a lot of the stuff that we already knew about. Um, But one new piece of information jumped out, and that was that Sony 
has yet to announce um, any compatible storage options uh, for for the PlayStation 5. So um, expanding your storage is not going to be a possibility. And so at least at launch and for a quick little bit of our future, the your only option on PlayStation 5 is going to be if you run out of space to delete space, delete games and then install the game that you want to then install. Um, Anthony, I've talked about it. You've already got limited amounts of space. That one terabyte isn't a true one terabyte. It's closer uh, to 650 uh, gigabytes. So for reference and giant Bombcast referenced it as well, the new call of duty game, call of duty, black ops, cold war is over 200 gigabytes on the PlayStation five. Now, it can be downloaded piecemeal. You can you can download the campaign or part of the campaign, and then you can download the multiplayer, and then you can download zombies. But if you want the whole the whole game, every every menu option, you're going to have to give up a third of your PlayStation Five storage space for one game, and that's impressive and it's terrifying because like we said games are not getting smaller and so the solution is going to have to be expanded storage and this piecemeal approach like call of duty is taking because i can see a future where i complete a campaign on a game but still intend to play the game's multiplayer with my friends and so in that i would um get rid of the campaign after i beat it have the multiplayer ready to go in case any of my any of my gaming brothers want to want to join up and everything's not everything but there are a lot more opportunities for crossplay now like we've talked about crossplay is becoming more popularized rocket league apex legends the nintendo switch is playing nice with xbox and playstation on fortnite and minecraft those sorts of things so there is going to be an opportunity where you may want to keep a multiplayer game long after you've finished uh, the campaign. In other news, uh, there was a uh, Digital Foundry did a comparison uh, for frame rate on the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 using Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. And what they found... When they did this comparison, and this may surprise you because like we've talked about, the Series X is much more impressive on paper. But they found out that they're virtually indistinguishable from one another and uh, performance did vary based on which graphics options you turn on. Now, I found this particular article, though there are articles on other websites on uh, thegamer.com, so you can go check it out yourself. But... Digital Foundry said that when running in normal mode in 4K, uh, there was a slight advantage for the Series X, thanks to its overpowered GPU. Uh, Series X is consistently running at least 5 frames per second higher than PlayStation 5, with various spikes putting it nearly 20 frames per second uh, faster than the other console. Uh, but then they said there's a, when you change it to high frame rate mode, uh, the Xbox Series X does better during cutscenes, but then when the actual game starts playing, the PlayStation 5 does better in that way, and it runs nearly 10 frames per second faster 
um, than the than the Xbox. I think they, they had an error in this article, but then the Xbox with random spikes that gives it uh, a nearly 50 frames per second advantage. But it did mention that both consoles were consistently and always above that 60 frames per second. But um, when the frame rate jumps around as much as it does in this case, the slowdown is definitely noticeable, they said. So, uh, yeah, the ray tracing performance mode, the Series X has a little bit of an edge on the PlayStation 4. Uh, but you can check out the article. You can Anything, it's Digital Foundry did the, did the comparison, and they did it on Devil May Cry 5. So check that out. I mean, really, whichever one you get, though Anthony and I have both expressed a inclination toward the Microsoft family and toward the Xboxes. Either one that you get, you're, it's going to be a jump uh, far and ahead of any of this generation's consoles, the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One X. You're still winning regardless of what camp you fall in. Uh, on to some movie news. This is going to blow your mind. There's been another delay. <laughs> it seems like we get more and more delays lately, but WandaVision, the new series on Disney Plus, the Marvel series on Disney Plus, showcasing uh, Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch, and The Vision, has been delayed. And it never had a set. Uh, set date, though Disney Plus did say that it would be released in December. The new, now permanent, now immovable date for this show is January uh, the 15th. So, I'm very excited for the show. And you've got to think, what is Mandalorian? By the time this episode airs, it's on its third episode, I believe. And so you got how many are in the Mandalorian? You got maybe five more weeks of the Mandalorian. Then you skip two or three weeks and then you go into WandaVision. And then hopefully by the time that six episodes runs its course, you'll have a Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I I know it's been a real dry spell on Disney Plus, And I'm really bummed about it just as much as you are. However, I think that we could be in for a a period of time very soon wherein we are receiving once a week, at least a new episode of one of these star studded big budget type series. And I think that's what Disney plus is really waiting on. Uh, Disney plus um, by the way is also going to be uh, one of the perks for game pass ultimate. So that was a deal that was announced here recently. So it's a 30 day, uh, free trial of Disney Plus if you are a Game Pass subscriber. So that's kind of cool. Uh, a Game Pass Ultimate, to be specific. Not just any of these regular uh, peasants that have Game Pass, but a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber. Some Hollywood gossip news. I know that's why you guys tune into Culture Checked. And, and, and tell me if like any of this stuff is not your cup of tea, you don't want to hear about it, and and mostly I'm I'm uh you know acting as this echo chamber for it because it affects a movie that may be uh, or may not be in your purview, uh, but Johnny Depp, uh, you may have heard, has, he's been ousted from Fantastic Beasts three. Uh, he played the character Grindwald, 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 
in the Fantastic Beasts 2. And they're at the end of Fantastic Beasts 1. It was more of a cameo at that point. Um, he's had some legal disputes with Amanda Herb. Amanda Herb. Amber Heard. Uh, it's his ex-wife. Uh, both of them have claimed domestic violence and physical and verbal abuse. And from an outsider looking in, you know, I haven't we seen video of Amber Heard actually physically or at least verbally abusing Johnny Depp? Why is he losing this this case? But the judge ruled ruled against Johnny Depp. Um, and then after that, Warner Brothers uh, asked Depp to leave the Fantastic Beast, to which he he complied, though. Uh, so, so sad. He will be getting his full salary. I mean, if you're going to get fired from a job, you might as well get paid. I mean, good for him, I suppose. Um, some sources say that Mad Mickelson, uh, is in talks to replace him in the role. And so I think that would be a good, a good replacement if you weren't able to get a Johnny Depp type character, but I think Johnny Depp played the character well. And so why not? Why not have Johnny Depp? Uh, so on the other end of that coin, uh, there is a petition online at change.org uh, to have Amber Heard removed from her role in Aquaman 2. And that's gathered over a million signatures. So I don't know if anything will come of that. Um, Anthony, I've talked about the Me Too movement and, you know, which way the pendulum swings and false claims can be maybe not as detrimental, but it can be very detrimental to a person. And not only to a person, but if someone lays a false claim against someone else that's then proven false, it not only takes the wind out of their sails, but every other survivor and victim that steps forward is then reduced in the eyes and minds of those that are watching. And I think that's terrible. It does a disservice uh, to them. Ah, I finished the, uh, the Haunting of Bly Manor and it ended very well. It ended very, it wasn't as spooky as, I mean, there were parts that were creepy and suspenseful. And like I said, in one of my previous episodes, it, uh, it does some really good foreshadowing, but I didn't see where it was going. So the end caught me off guard. It was a surprise. It was a twist. I don't know how they're going to do a second season. I hope they do because, um, it was it was done very well, and it had a lot of twists and turns, and kind of memories being being shoved in this way or that. Uh, so the haunting of Bly Manor can't recommend it enough. It's very good. I also began watching here just recently uh, the Doom Patrol on HBO Max. Have you guys seen the Doom Patrol? It's really good. It's got Brendan Fraser in it. He's a lot bigger than he was when we saw him in the Mummy, but. He's back and he plays a man who uh, was in a a race car accident and only his brain survived. And he's put into a robot's body and all these other super powered characters that are kind of anti-heroes, I guess. I think it's Alan Tudyk. I always mispronounce his name, but he's in it at least um, in the first couple episodes. So I'm not going to spoil uh, anything else for you, but if you do... Uh, like the DC universe and you like some of those lesser known characters, you're, you're a fan of suicide squad type movies. Um, Doom patrol is definitely something uh, worth checking out. And while I was looking at uh, things worth checking out today on the internet, 
I just found out there's going to be a Saved by the Bell reboot coming soon. And while I was reading about that, apparently there's already been a couple of reboots. Um, Mario Lopez will not let that... (laughs) Will not let that. I assume he's. I assume he's behind it. And apparently, Dustin Diamond Screech is the only recurring character that is not planned for a return to the Saved by the Bell universe. And I, you know, he did. He did make that sex tape, which he he later said was the most embarrassing thing he's done, and he does not recommend it to anyone. Um, and then he spent some uh, time in jail. I think it was for um, assault. Or something. Disney CEO Bob Chappick hints at more Mulan style pay-per-view events or the premium access like they call them on Disney Plus. You know, where you have the Disney Plus subscription, but you also get to pay that premium fee of $30 to see a new movie instead of going to the theaters to see it. So he said in a quarter four earnings call, he said, there's going to be a role. Well, let me, hold on. Let me, let me find Bob Chappick. What's his voice. He's in a quarters four and a quarter four earnings call. He said, there's going to be a role for it strategically in our portfolio of offerings. (laughs) He's a, he's a very timid man. (laughs) This Bob Chappick. Um, but He did also mention that there's going to be more information on the Disney Investor Day on December 10th. Now, for fans of this podcast, of Culture Jacked, you know that we are eagerly anticipating, with bated breath, the release of Black Widow on the Disney Plus platform. Bob, don't let me down, because that's the premium access that I want in my life and that I will be happy to pay for. And I will be happy to show you the right lesson that you can learn from Disney plus and how you can use it during this pandemic. Speaking of Marvel things, John Bernthal, uh, he's out here teasing a season three of the Punisher for Netflix. You remember all those Netflix Marvel shows? Do you remember those? We remember, we remember those. Um, in an interview with geek house show, Uh, John Bernthal said, it's unbelievably humbling how much people sort of responded to this version of Frank. And I can't tell you how much it means to me uh, because he means so much to me. He's in my blood. He's in my bones. So it's not about whether we do it. It's about getting it right and doing the version that the fans really deserve. I mean, we'll see. I mean, All of those decisions are made in rooms that I'm not invited to, but Frank's always there. He's always part of me. And when I get the call to go, I'll be ready. And I'll make sure that I do everything I can to make sure that we do it right. Or we won't do it at all, says uh, John Bernthal. I'm of two minds about this. On the one hand, I really like the character of the Punisher, and I like the way that he portrayed it, and I like the way that they did it on Netflix. All of the Netflix shows were a little drama-heavy, and all the superhero shows, to be honest with you, when it comes to the CW shows, the Arrow, the Flash, they're all a little drama-heavy. I read on the internet that uh, these superhero shows have tricked an entire generation into watching soap operas, and it's true. I I still haven't seen the entire second season 
of the Punisher. I haven't seen the entire second season of the third season of Daredevil. I, I don't want these characters to get tied up in a, I don't want to call it inconsequential, but inconsequential universe because the MCU, as you and I full well know, is the only universe that matters. And the the Fox Marvel movies, which are no longer canon, they are legacy Marvel movies, these will be legacy Marvel shows. And I think everything that you do outside of that universe does a disservice to the fans that want to see all of these characters appear in universe together. Now, I don't know if that's the right opinion to take. I don't know if uh, this Punisher is better than no Punisher. I, I don't think that's the case. I want to believe that we can get Punisher and we can get him right. And we can get him along with all of his pals in the MCU. That's what, that's what I think. And if, if the MCU wants to hire John Bernthal again to play Punisher, I've got no problem with that. He did it very, very well. Uh, on Netflix as well, Arnold, <laughs> Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be starring in his first TV series. Uh, it's a spy drama on Netflix. I couldn't find the name, couldn't find the release, but apparently it's uh, in production now or soon it will be in production. James Gunn has confirmed that uh, the Peacemaker show on HBO Max with uh, John Cena um, will be taking place in the DCEU. In an Instagram post, he said, uh, thanks, uh, and then he added HBO Max for being a great partner so far and letting us do something truly over the top. Uh, the caption reads, and yes, for those of you asking, this show is connected to the DC film universe. I think will be the first show uh, to air that is. So that's very exciting. And he responded to some tweets as well. Uh, people are asking him about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And he said that that script is written and most of the production heads uh, have been hired. Though there hasn't been um, uh, any any production taking place yet. Uh, it's getting ready to go, guys. It's getting ready to go. And I think someone asked him in the in a tweet, they were like, hey, has the script changed a lot since, you know, the thing, <laughs> the, th the thing that happened. And he's like, no, very little. So hopefully we're getting a Guardians of the Galaxy 3 that is very close uh, to James Gunn's vision. Um, the movie Tenant, we talked about it last week, but it is going to be released for home viewing here soon. And that is to include uh, digitally. And that's going to be released on December 15th. So for those of you like myself, who didn't get an opportunity to see it in theaters? You're, you know, you're gonna get to see it now if you'd like, uh, in the the comfort of your own your own home. Make some popcorn, why don't you enjoy yourself? Uh, do 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 do. There is speculation growing uh, that the Fantastic Four reboot is a priority. Hmm, a priority at Marvel and the MCU and Disney, and it's going to launch sometime in 2023. 
there has been uh, no writers or directors attached as of yet. Uh, but that's very exciting news for me because if you re- remember, if you recall in my recasting the X-Men, um, my recasting the X-Men podcast a couple podcasts ago, I talked about the Fantastic Four and how I think that before they prioritize an X-Men movie or an X-Men series, they prioritize a Fantastic Four. And another rumor that I heard recently kind of lends itself to that way of thinking. And I'm glad, I'm glad people are thinking like me. It's about gosh dang time. But this rumor says that pretty soon they're going to be uh, starting potentially production or writing on a Dr. Doom series, potentially on Disney+. Plus. This is great news, and I think it, it, it could work really well because that character is so interesting. He's very deep. He's got a lot of lore, everything that goes on in Latveria, and he's he's uh, the, the, is he the king of Latveria, the ambassador or something. He's very important over there in Latveria. But all of that could lead to a great series, and I I think... You know, we're getting the Scarlet Witch, we're getting Loki, we're getting Captain Falcon and the uh, Winter Soldier. I I was very curious as to what they were going to do next. And maybe not these big heroes, like an Ultron. Like Ultron escaped in a in a flash drive at the end of Age of Ultron, the Avengers movie. And now he's he's reigning terror on the Internet. And it's a it's a cyber security uh, tale of a uh, cautionary tale, a word of warning about how our, our cyber security is broken because Ultron is in there. He's in the system. So a Doctor Doom movie would be a, a very, very cool. All right. With all that news out of the way. Oh, I have one more piece of news. I have it written on my hand. Uh, Fat Man. Apparently there's a Mel Gibson movie that's out right now where he he plays Santa Claus and some um, affluent children, some spoiled kids are very upset that they have not gotten what they wanted to in their stocking, apparently. And so they hire Hitman, uh, Hitmen to kill Santa Claus. And Santa Claus is a trained killer himself. This isn't his first rodeo. And Mel Gibson is Santa Claus in this. You know, I I don't think it could be incorrect to think that uh, <laughs> they would cast an anti-Semite as, as Santa Claus, but maybe they would. Has has Mel Gibson redeemed himself yet in your eyes? I mean, he's a, he's a good actor. Has it been long enough since he he went on his his uh, racist tirade that we can say, welcome back, Mel? Come on back to the back to the Thunderdome. I don't know. I don't make the rules. You don't make the rules either, you smarty pants. So you sitting there all smug thinking you're making the rules. You're not making the rules either. So don't even don't even get started with me thinking that you're better than me can make the rules. I guess we make the rules together. So let's get together. Figure out what the rules are for Mel. Um under the topic of this podcast, the Xbox Series X launched this last Tuesday and both Anthony and myself were able to get copies of the Xbox series. X. I, I copies is a bad word. We were both able to procure 
one of these new consoles. And if you remember, my game plan going into this was to get one of each, an Xbox Series X and an Xbox Series S. And I know you might think me a greedy boy, and yes, yes, I am a greedy boy. However, I do on on occasion work remote away from my children, and one of the things I like to do is play online games with my children. So one stays at home with them, and one comes with me when I leave so I can play. So maybe that will make you uh, not think as poorly of me as you did previous when you just thought I was a greedy, greedy boy. So that was my plan. My plan was to go out and get a Xbox Series X and then bring along my wife so she could get the Xbox Series S. Anthony, on the other hand, was out only looking for the Xbox Series X. And I I will let you uh, listen to the Monday Madness episode with Anthony so he can tell you about his experience finding this console. But that was our game plan. Uh, We had decided that we called a store called Fred Meyer. So those of you in Alaska are familiar with Fred Meyer. Um, those of you that are not, it's just, you know, one of the regular uh, Kroger family stores. Um, but we had called Fred Meyer and they said that they had eight of the Series X and they had six of the Series S. It was first come, first serve. Whoever lined up first was there to get it. We were also going with my brother who was interested in purchasing a Series X himself. We had decided earlier that the game plan was we would show up at the door at 2 o'clock in the morning in anticipation for the 6 o'clock opening of the store and in order to be first in line. A plan that soon got sidelined because I planned on taking a nap before all this, before waking up at 2, going to bed at like 8, waking up at like 1.30, getting down there at 2 o'clock and being ready to go. As I'm settling down for my nap, my brother sends me a text message. He says, I think we should go at midnight. Midnight? Are you serious? You think there's going to be anyone out there at midnight? He said, I do. So I'm going at midnight. I said, fine, I'll go at midnight too. So needless to say, I lay down to take my nap. He sends me a text message, not 15 minutes later. I'm going to head down there at 11, he says. At this point, my kids have wanted to play a card game with me, and so I still wasn't getting any sleep. It was about 9, 9.30, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take a nap for at least an hour. I get my hour nap in. I wake my wife up off the couch. The kids are smashing their feet in my face, and we go at 11. We get fueled up. We get get some snacks to survive the night with, and... We show up about 11, 11, Now there's us, my brother, and two other vehicles, each housing one human being. Now, for those of you keeping track at home, that's one, two, three, four, four Series Xs. And what the people in the other vehicles didn't know, one Series S. So maybe all they knew was five Series Xs. At this point, about 11.30, another man drives into the parking lot, and we see three other heads in his pickup truck. We say, oh boy, it's on now. Are all three of them getting Xboxes? We don't know. So all of us get out of the car and violate what my brother calls the car truce. For those of you unfamiliar, the car truce is where everyone gets to sit in the warmth and comfort of their own vehicle until 
someone gets out and breaks that truce. And then you have to stand in line in the cold. No one's happy about this. We get out unprepared. We eventually, you know, all kind of uh, go back to our vehicles to get our supplies. And after we've secured our place in line, but one by one, we get out. The characters there now are my wife, myself, my brother, a man I will refer to as uh, Ben. <laughs> I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to, to name the innocence showcased in this story, a, a mother who was very dedicated to her children to secure one and a man who we will call Norman Bates, uh, because from all we could tell, he was a psychopath. Anyway, we're all out there. Uh, ben has brought his two children with him for this exciting event and the weather is very cold, 31 degrees. Eventually the lowest point in the night, it was 28 degrees. So we're below freezing out here. Uh, and we're standing there in line. The kids go back to the truck, uh, probably a half hour in. They really, they really couldn't hang. And Ben and Norman Bates begin exchanging stories about how tough they are and who they've beat up and who they've socked. There was probably an hour long conversation about the coronavirus and their personal experiences with it. And you could say that they respected the virus and the pandemic at large, but that fact would, would be belied by the, uh, the fact that they kept talking no more than six, seven inches from each other's face. And when they wanted to talk to us, they got rather close as well. Uh, as as the time went on, Ben had some some toe warmers, you know, little crack and hand warmers, and he kept offering them to us. And he said, you guys want some toe warmers? And he'd make bad jokes about them, and we'd say no. And he'd say, you're too prideful. You're too prideful to take my toe warmers. And we said, yeah, that's it. We're too prideful. And at one point, my wife decided to go to the gas station to, to fuel up, get some coffee, use the bathroom. She said, do you guys want anything? I texted her. I said, get me some toe warmers. <laughs> but don't you dare tell Ben. And so her and myself and my brother all discreetly put our toe warmers in when she got back. And the night progressed. And Ben did not stop talking. He talked for seven hours straight from 11 o'clock to 6 o'clock in the morning. About 4.30 in the morning, a, uh, a crew of two other gentlemen showed up and they said, are there any X's left? And we said, man, we're in line. We've saved spots for these five X's here. Norman Bates had one. Ben had one. The mother had one. My brother and myself had one and one S. And so that left one series X available and five series S's about five o'clock. Two other gentlemen showed up and we said, I'm sorry, whoever got here in the line first has claimed that last Series X because there's no more left. But they said they had called Fred Meyer and there was 10 Series Xs available. So that put the count at nine, leaving one more available. Two more gentlemen came and they said they had heard 12 Series Xs were available. So there's very disparate messaging from all of us involved. And by the way, us original six felt very, very silly waiting outside since 11 o'clock as the, <laughs> the other people in the line showed up about four 30. So we were very cold anyway, eventually there were a few people in line. Everyone that wanted an X got one. They came out with their tickets in hand and they said, here, stand in line as you were. Who wants a Series X? And they gave us the Series X. My wife took the Series S and we went inside and we purchased 
our video game consoles. On our way out, it was very frightening because there was a lot of people that showed up right at 6 o'clock a.m. And one of them got a Series X, but everyone else left disappointed and grumbling. And we felt very potentially at risk for a mugging or something else nefarious. I don't know what, but uh, we got the Series X. We got the Series S. I'm not going to talk a lot about the Series X Because basically, I set it up, my kids are using it. I've had more experience with the Series S so far. Um, Although, I will say, the menus in both, very, very snappy, very, very good. The Series S, it's very small. It, It travels well with my Nintendo Switch, and it's very, very quiet. When you open the box, you get the Series S. The very small, sleek, it's super sexy, it's super cool. And then you get, of course, the HDMI cable, you get the power cable, uh, you get the instruction manual, little pamphlet that tells you, you know, what the S is about and the next generation of gaming and all that. And I like when we opened up the Series X box and we opened up the Series S box, both boxes had a very similar format and they had this opening unfolding lid that looked very very cool and it just it felt like an event it was the first new generation console that my kids got to participate in my son he really enjoyed opening up the series x and plugging it in and figuring it out and turning it on and setting it up very 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 cool uh but when it comes to the series s i've i've taken my uh my portable hard drive to use with the series S and like Anthony talked about in the Monday madness show on Monday. I don't know why I always do that. I always say it's the Monday madness show. And then I remind you what day it's on, even though it's very clearly in the title, you morons figure it out. It's Monday madness. (laughs) Uh, Like he said on, on Monday that when you are, are transferring that data from the portable hard drive to the console it's not a it's not a great connection for that you need that solid state driver that expanded solid state uh, drive memory card games are slower and choppier if i'm loading them off of that portable hard drive with that being said the games that i have loaded onto the internal storage of the series s that very very limited space like we talked about It's very snappy. It's very quick. The quick resume feature is no joke. It's very quick in between games. I loaded up uh, Doom and I loaded up Alien Isolation. And I started Alien Isolation. I played it a little bit in five minutes. And then I exited out of that and I I loaded up uh, Doom. And I played for about five minutes. And then I exited out of that. I went back to Alien Isolation and it was two, three seconds. I'm back in the game right where I'd left off. It was great. Exited out of that one, went to Doom, two or three seconds, boom, back in the game. Uh, it's it's fantastic. And like I said, menus, snappy, responsive. It's very quick. It's very clean. You can definitely feel the generation shift from the Xbox One X just to the Xbox Series S. And I imagine that change, that bridge is even more substantial when it comes to the Xbox Series X from the Xbox One X. Um, I did talk with Anthony a little bit about the games. There aren't a lot of games, uh, at least when it comes to exclusive games or even just launch 
title third-party games. There's Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That's the big one. And I've just downloaded The Medium, but I haven't played it. I don't even know if it's out yet. Did I pre-order it? Did I just pre-download it? I don't know. But it's on Game Pass, so I didn't pay a dime for it. So I'm excited about that. Um, There is a menu within the store, though, that you can go to find games that are optimized for the Series X and for the Series S. And every time that I've checked that checked that menu, checked that store location the last couple of days, I've seen more and more games being added to it. And so I don't know if games are just or developers are just really quickly updating their games to get this get this going or if they had to wait until launch date and they're just getting them out the door uh, one by one. But if I were a game developer, this would have been a huge priority for me in the development of my game. I would have tried to make sure that I got my game optimized so I could appear on that very short list of games that are now appearing on the Series X because you know, it, it's, it's marketability. It's, uh, it's reach. You're going to, you're, there's going to be more eyes on your product. If it is one of the select dozen titles that have been optimized for series X, I've downloaded an optimized version of apex legends of Fortnite. Like I said, the medium Tetris, uh, effect, which I don't expect to have like wonderful mind blowing graphics or anything like that, but it should still, should still be a good time. And I think once I get that multiplayer set up, Oh, and by the way, it's also available on game pass. So game pass is a really good deal. And we've said, it's a really good deal on this podcast, on this show specifically, probably a half dozen times, probably two dozen times. We've said it a lot. Um, even an old game that optimized itself it would be good marketing and a good way to sell more copies of the game. There is limited storage space. So like I said, for myself, those games that are optimized are getting the preferential treatment and they are getting installed on the series S instead of on the portable hard drive. Um, so we'll see how those games, like I said, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to really play through and experience the power and the might of the Xbox series S yet. Um, there are opportunities to expand your storage. You can pay $200 to get that proprietary one terabyte solid state drive memory card. That's a little pricey for me. I'm it's a little pricey for me right now. I just spent $800 getting these two consoles. I'm not super liquid right now, but I do want to eventually get one of these one of these memory cards, but I want to wait until there is a bigger memory card at the very least a two terabyte card. You would think maybe it's, maybe it's 300, $320. Gosh, maybe that's too optimistic. Maybe I'm just hoping. Um, but I would pay for one of those to expand my memory in a way that I didn't have to worry about this juggling. Also on the giant Bombcast this week, as I was listening to those guys, they were talking about, Console users are going to have to start doing a thing that PC users have had to do for a long time. And that is 
they're going to have to identify where they want to install games, what types of games, what versions of that game are they installing, what parts of that game are they installing, and where they're going to prioritize that storage on their system, on their external storage, uh, or whatever it is. So it's an interesting thought, and, and not one that I can say that I put a lot of thought into. As a console gamer, I've always just gone, well, which game you know, haven't I been playing, I'll delete that one in lieu of one of these games that I do want to play. And I know Anthony will talk about it on Monday, but the new controller is, ooh, it's very good. It's very slick. It's it's very similar to the old controller. It's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, it's it's got the same ergonomic grip. It's got the, it's the standard controller, as we've talked about before. It's got the D-pad on it, and they've kind of revamped the D-pad. They've given it a, a circle, and it's got more of a click. It's got more of a feel to it. I really like that. Uh, the, the triggers and the bumpers are textured now, so they've got a little bit of texture on them. They've got the texture on the back like the older versions of the Xbox One uh, controllers. And then all of my old controllers work with the Xbox. I can't tell you how much money that saved me right out of the gate. Because now my kids don't have to go get new controllers. I mean, they've got controllers that work. Granted, they don't have the share button. But the share button is pretty dang cool. I'm not a person who who takes a lot of screenshots or a lot of game captures of my gameplay. But I might start. Because that is so convenient right there to play, 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 click, screenshot and it uploads it to your Xbox profile. Play, 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 click hold, game capture the last couple minutes of what you've been playing, and it uploads it right there. Then I, At that point, I've got this library that I can then share to whatever multimedia, whatever social media. So, Culture Jacked uh, listeners, if you subscribe to us on uh, the Facebook page, you may be seeing some more uh, interactive and digital content from my my gaming habits than you ever have in in the past. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, well, I'll leave I'll leave it for you to decide. Uh, we do need more games for the Xbox Series, but otherwise, I'm very satisfied with with my purchase. And with that, I've told you my story. I've told you what uh, trials and tribulations I went through with my purchase of it, buying an Xbox in, in sub-freezing weather. Uh, it was very, very cold out. And I've told you what I thought about the Xbox Series S. So stay tuned for Monday Madness right around the other side of this weekend so Anthony can tell you about uh, his buying experience with the Xbox Series X. Uh, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to this podcast at the subscribe button, the follow button, the like button is right there. Just press it, click it, please. I beg of you and review the show. It really helps us out. And I've said it before. I'm fairly, I'm moderately savvy when it comes to the internet. However, I still don't know how algorithms and hashtags work. I try my best. But if you could leave a review, it shows whatever platform you're listening on that you like this show and that you you like it so much you're interacting with it. And thus, you are interacting with their platform as well, and they like to see that. And so they will market this show to more 
people and we will be able to, to spread our message of love <laughs> to more and more people. Like I said, Anthony's going to tell you what he experienced on Microsoft's Mean Streets, but otherwise, welcome, gamers, to the next generation. Happy gaming, and have a good weekend. Thank you.